Good morning on this uh, Wednesday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We left off yesterday, continuing our series and study on the Feast of Weeks, or as in the New Testament it's called, the Feast of Pentecost. And all that took place during that day, we've learned about some of the prophetic significances. We've seen some of the things that individually took place as the Holy Spirit came upon this group of people. We've also mentioned God's timing and God's seasons. We've talked about the church age, the Holy Spirit age. We've talked about uh, the age of the uh, Gentiles, the dispensation of the age of the Gentiles coming in. I also want to add this morning, the age of grace. This is definitely one of the top key words that is used in the New Testament, and that is grace. We're going to start off our reading in the book of Acts where we left off. just want to go back a verse or two. And it says in the book of Acts in chapter 2, verse 31, Seeing this before, he spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption, no decay to his body whatsoever. After Jesus having paid the price on the cross and his body being buried in the tomb, his spirit descended down into the lower parts of the earth, and he went into the place known as paradise, uh, where Abraham and Moses and all those other patriots and individuals that had served God were at. After that, he went and then he paid the penalty of being separated from God, for our sins. He was in hell for three days, but he did not stay there. There's nothing like the separation of hell in the life of an individual, the separation of God, excuse me, uh, of an individual in hell being separated from God. And that is why when he cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Now, there is a lot of controversy to even mentioning or saying this, that, you know, that he actually went to hell. But if Jesus didn't actually go and pay the price for us of hell, then he really didn't fulfill what we would have gone through. Had he imitated death and not actually died, then he wouldn't have gone through what we went through. Had he come in another form uh, or had God sent an angel instead of uh, the Son of God in flesh, it still wouldn't have counted because we are human beings. Therefore, it has to be according to that. And the scripture does say that as a man, he was tempted and tested in every fashion that we are. And he went through everything that we go through as a human being. Therefore, when the Holy Spirit is sent, when he said, I'll send you another comforter, the paraclete, the word there was actually, I'll send you someone identical to me. It says, and you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, this is what Jesus had told his disciples. Do not leave Jerusalem 
until you're endued with power on, from on high. Now, here's an interesting fact maybe you had never thought of or considered. He didn't tell them that they had to stay in Jerusalem for the next three days, five days, seven days, 10 days, 12 days, 14 days, or a month. But it just happened to be in God's prophetic timing and clock that the 10 days that they were waiting to be endued with power from on high just happened to be also the time that the Jewish nation, and especially the males, were waiting for the completion of those 50 days to celebrate the feast of weeks and offer their wheat offering, first fruits or latter fruits as they're called the latter first fruits before the Lord at the temple. So here we have some interesting things happening. While they were commanded to be at the feast, now all of a sudden the law is superseded and overridden by another higher command in that Jesus tells them to stay there and wait. So he didn't tell them to wait at the temple. He didn't tell them to wait in a certain place, but he just told them to wait. It happened to be that they were waiting in the upper room of wherever they were located, and there was about 120 of them. So it had to be a good sizable place uh, for it to be able to hold that many people. But here's the thing. This was going to be the initiation and the beginning of the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, not only upon an individual, but in and through an individual. So Jesus had told them in Luke chapter 24, verse 46, And he said unto them, Thus it is written, And thus it behooved Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead on the third day. He's telling them that it was necessary for me to rise on the third day. It's according to the Psalms, according to the Old Testament, according to the prophets, according to the Torah. In other words, according to the Word of God, I was supposed to rise on the third day. Aside from that, I did have a promise from the Father. And he said, And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name among all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. Now this is tremendous because if you were to study the name of God in the Old Testament, it is an awesome thing. All the different names and titles that are ascribed to God, what he does, he's a rock, he's a tower, he's a high tower, he's a fortress, he's a healer, he's a banner. I mean, all of these titles and names that are given and it was the name that was given and manifested to Moses, the great I am, when he said, well, when they asked me, who sent me, what shall I say? He said, you tell them, I am that I am has sent you. So that was basically the, the, the name that is translated uh, from the Hebrew Yahweh, uh, which basically is supposed to be, as we understand it, the holy and sacred name of God. And then it says in verse 48, and you shall, and you are my witnesses. Now keep in mind this word witnesses. We mentioned it yesterday. I'll mention it again. You are witnesses of these things. Verse 49, and behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. See, 
tarry in the city until. So he didn't specify for four, five, six, ten, twenty, thirty days. He just said, you're going to have to wait in the city until you're endued with power. Therefore, being by the right hand of God, uh, Acts 2.33, exalted and having received the promise of the Father, the promise of the Holy the Having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, He has shed forth this which you now see and hear. Now, it's important that we uh, remember that when He opened up, He talked about Joel's prophecy. And in Joel's prophecy, He mentions this is that. Now, Joel, when he had prophesied, he mentioned this is going to happen in the future. Peter looks back and he says, this is that which Joel had said, and now is the fulfillment of it. So it's important for us to understand. He has shed forth this which you now see and hear. Two things, you see it and you hear it. Verse 34, for David is not ascended into heaven, but he himself, <clears throat> but he saith himself, the Lord unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Verse 35. Verse 36. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly. In other words, hey, it's not like it was done in a dark corner somewhere. Everybody saw what happened to the Son of God. Everybody saw what happened to this man named Jesus. And he said, let Israel know assuredly that God has made that same Jesus that was crucified, whom you crucified, he has made him both Lord and Messiah, or the Anointed One. Now the work of the Holy Spirit can be seen very clearly as Peter is preaching the scripture says in John 16, 8, and when he, speaking of the Holy Spirit, is come, he will reprove the world, that means the, the individual age at that time, of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not in, on me. <clears throat> That's verse 9, verse 10. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you shall see me no more. And verse 11, of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. Notice, that's interesting. It says in verse 37 of Acts chapter 2, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts, and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Verse 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, it's important to understand what he just said. Repent and be baptized. These two things go hand in hand. He says, for what did Jesus say? For the remission of sins. <clears throat> he said, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 17, verse 30. The times of this ignorance... God winked at, but now he commandeth all men everywhere to repent. This is the message of Paul. Verse 31, because he has appointed a day 
in which he shall judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he has ordained, whereof he does give assurance unto all men in that he has raised him from the dead. Remember, the preaching of the resurrection of Jesus. Key. Verse 32 of chapter 17. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, others said, we will hear thee again of this man. Why not? That is the whole emphasis. If there is no resurrection... See, the resurrection had to take place so that there would be the barley first fruits. Those first fruits of harvest that were brought into heaven. It says in Peter, chapter, uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Why? Acts 4.33 With great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them. Remember the age of grace? Acts chapter 20 verse 24 But none of these things move me. Neither do I count my life dear unto myself, so that I may finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus, to testify, to testify the gospel of the grace of God. There it is again. In Ephesians chapter 3 verse 2 it says, If you have heard, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me, to you word. So there it is. There is an age of grace. And we are in that time. Once a tribulation hits, it's no longer grace. It is judgment. It is wrath. It is fury against all sinners. In Ephesians 3.3, 3, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote to you before in a few words, uh, Ephesians 3, 4, whereby you read and you understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, verse 5, in which other ages was not known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by his Spirit. Verse 6, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Verse uh, Chapter 2, verse 7, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness to our, us word through Christ Jesus. And then in chapter 3 of Ephesians, in verse 21, unto him be glory in the church of Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end. And there is so much more to mention, but join us on Thursday as we continue. Until then, take these nuggets, meditate on them throughout the day. Consider this, thank God for his goodness, praise him for his greatness, and worship him for his holiness, for he is worthy. Amen and amen.